At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number two of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We went with a lot of college football there in our number one. So here in our number two, we're going to be going with a little bit more NFL. Eyes. We're going to be joined by Mackenzie Kramer in this hour. He does a great job over there at ESPN. He does, re- he does a lot of the research over there for their show, The Daily Wager. And then on top of that, Dan Titus does terrific work over there at the Action Network. We're going to talk with them a little bit about week one. And then on top of that, those of you guys that are getting set to do a fantasy football draft, I personally am getting set to do a fantasy football draft with a lot of my good buddies out there in the college basketball sphere. So we need to get set on that. We're going to be talking about that with those gentlemen towards the middle of the hour. And then on top of that, here in this hour, going to be getting upon a little bit of baseball. We've got a loaded slate for this Friday as all 30 teams are going to be in action. And I always do a write-up every single day for DK Nation. Ever since we got the call up to Monday through Friday, we are two for two, which inevitably, because those words came out of my mouth, this is going to go straight down the toilet bowl from here, but we are going to do our best to make sure it does not go down the toilet bowl. So how about if we wind up going with that right about now as we're going to be going with my home state, Milwaukee Brewers, hitting the road facing off against the Arizona Diamondbacks. 909-910 on the betting board. It is going to be... This is just so juicy right here. A battle of two guys that got traded for each other. Eric Lauer goes for the Milwaukee Brewers. Zach Davies goes for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And the Brewers are a very slight favorite. Anywhere between minus 108 and minus 115. You're going to be finding anywhere between even money and minus 105 on the Arizona Diamondbacks with a total of 8.5. And And these are the games I absolutely love where you've got two guys that they were on the opposite sides of a trade. Both of these teams are going to know exactly what the other is throwing, and I'm all bored the Milwaukee Brewers in this spot. Now, with Eric Lauer, what has really been the bugaboo for him is home runs. In road games this season, he has given up 1.9 home runs per nine innings. That is quite a bit of an issue, but with Eric Lauer, he's been able to do a better job than Zach Davies of being able to get punch outs. For Davies, he's only getting right around 6.6 strikeouts per nine innings. Eric Lauer winds up getting about two more strikeouts per nine innings. His ERA is right around a 415 when it comes to him being on the road. But if you take a look at his 10 starts since the beginning of the month of June, he's been posting up a 298 ERA. Opponents starting just a 215 off of him. He's been doing a good job of being able to limit contact, but 
the contact that he's been giving up, it's been a little bit rough. I actually wound up speaking to Dario Melendez. He does a great job over there with the Milwaukee Brewers over at Bali Sports. And on top of that, he does a lot over in the Milwaukee area. And I think, thought it was very interesting that you wanted to mention that with me, where his worst has just been his absolute worst, but past that, he's been really good. And taking a look at Lauer, totally agree with him on that front. Meanwhile, Zach Davies, he's been able to do a good job since coming off the injured list. In his last five starts, he's given up three earned runs or fewer, but doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. And when you don't get a lot of strikeouts, typically you need good command in order to go deep into games. He doesn't have that. 3.2 walks per nine innings. And as a result, he hasn't went more than six innings in a start in over two months as he did not wind up making a single start out in the month of July. And that means that a Arizona Diamondbacks bullpen that there's no other way to put it. They've been terrible. Is going to wind up getting exposed for the Diamondbacks overall this season. They're 25th in terms of bullpen ERA. But among National League teams since the All-Star break, 566 ERA, dead last in the league. Now for the Milwaukee Brewers, has not necessarily been the world's greatest ride for this bullpen, but Devin Williams, he's a top five closer in my opinion. This is someone that has given up three earned runs over the course of his last 40 appearances. He has been solved. Brad Boxberger is giving you a sub three ERA. Now, when you wind up getting to someone like Peter Strzelski, that could be a little bit of a roll of the dice. Holby Milner, he's posted up a north of five ERA ever since the All-Star break, but here's on a Diamondbacks. You've got Joe Mantiply, who's able to give you a relatively solid ending. He's been able to post up a sub three ERA this season, but... You've had Sean Poppin on the injured list for quite a while. They've also been dealing with an injury to Kyle Nelson, someone who I really like for this bullpen. And then just take a look at the big fall off from there. And you've got Mark Melanson, Noe Ramirez, Luis Frias, Chris Davinsky, all these guys with north of a five ERA. And you can't trust in any of them. I mentioned it before, the fact that the big bugaboo for Eric Lauer is giving up the deep ball. You know who's not been able to crank out the deep ball? The Diamondbacks at home. It's been really interesting looking at their home and road split says This is a Diamondback team in which they wind up getting right around 1.3 home runs per game when they're on the road. They wind up getting a home run every... They wind up getting a home run in 2.3% of their at-bats at home. That is the second worst mark in the National League. The worst team, I'm sure that you could probably figure this one out, the Miami Marlins who literally go into the month of September here in baseball with... Nobody with more than seven home runs fully healthy for the team, which I still think is one of the most mind-numbing things ever. For the 2020 COVID pandemic year, that'd be bad, let alone a team right now. As they've got a bunch of guys that they were cranking out the deep ball currently on the injured list. So that no doubt wound up hurting them quite a bit. But I do take a look at this Milwaukee Brewers team, and I mentioned the lack of the deep ball for the years of the Diamondbacks at home. The Milwaukee Brewers, second best team in the National League at being able to get home runs on the road and just third best overall in terms of home runs on a per at-bat basis in the league. As Roddy Tellez, William Adamas, Hunter Renfro, they've all been able to give you at least 23 home runs. And with the Milwaukee Brewers, the thing that they've been really lacking this year has been the leadoff guy, but all of a sudden, in one of the most unlikely of spots, because Christian Yelich, when he was winning those MVPs, he was very much doing so, hitting 30-plus home runs. He's essentially become the leadoff guy. Not necessarily what you want to be paying $35 million a year for, but Christian Yelich, Hunter Renfro, Jace Peterson, Colt Wong, Mike Brasso, all these guys are in between about a 252 to a 260, so they've been able to do a better job of being able to move the line. Andrew McCutcheon, he's been able to do a solid job of being a reach base as well. He's been a little bit banged up, but by and large, he's been able to do a solid job when he's out there on the field for the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is a team that they do rank in the bottom six in terms of batting average. They've been able to find a little bit of something with Jake McCarthy, Josh Ross, both of these guys now hitting north of a 270 for the team. And when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks as well, Christian Walker has been able to up his batting average ever since the All-Star break. One team for home run, number 31 of the season on Thursday. He's been able to hit north of 250 since the All-Star break. Overall for the season, it is a 236. So as you've got guys like Sergio Contra, Carson Kelly, Geraldo Perdomo, Jordan Luplo, guys hitting a 226 or lower. So I do think that that's going to be a little bit of an issue. And I do think that the Brewers knowing exactly what Zach Davies is going to throw because the trade that wound up going down between these two is between the Milwaukee Brewers and the San Diego Padres. Since then, you wound up having Davies play one year for the Padres. He played one year for the Chicago Cubs, and then he wound up playing one year now for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So he's bounced around quite a bit. Meanwhile, Eric Lauer, he has become a mainstay with the Milwaukee Brewers. So I do think that that actually helps him out a little bit further in this spot as well as the Brewers. They still know what Davies is going to be able to throw. Meanwhile, Eric Lauer was never an Arizona Diamondback. He did wind up competing out there in the NL West, but the familiarity factor, just coupled with the fact that I think the Brewers have better bats in general, has me on the Milwaukee Brewers in this spot. I was willing to lay 
closer to about a minus 132 or so with the Milwaukee Birds. So being able to get them between minus 110 to minus 115, I think that that's relatively solid value. And with both teams having intel on both of these pitchers, I do think that they're going to get lit up a little bit, especially with a Diamondbacks bullpen. That has been far from impressive. Do mind saying my total at an 8.7 as well. So looking at and over my DK Nation write-up, it is going to be on the Milwaukee Birds. And how about if we say out there, out west, 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. This is the San Diego Padres. They throw out. They're facing off against the LA Dodgers as Dustin May goes for the Dodgers. And yeah, you Darvish on the bump for the Padres. Padres are finding themselves as pretty sizable underdogs. Anywhere between plus 140 and seeing now as high as plus 152. Money's coming in on the Dodgers as the Dodgers. They are anywhere between minus 157 to minus 165 favorites. Anywhere between 7.5 and 8 is your total on the 8. Under is juice on the 7.5. The over is juice. And when it comes to the circumstance, I do like the over, but... There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be betting on this game thinking that, oh, the L.A. Dodgers. There is no possible way that they can wind up losing losing three times in a row. I'm here to tell you that it is a possibility. And as a matter of fact, it not just wound up happening earlier in this season, but it wound up happening against the Pittsburgh Pirates where the Dodgers were swept at home by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, this is obviously a circumstance which the L.A. Dodgers have been a little bit better ever since then, but there was a crazy run from the L.A. Dodgers in which I believe that they wound up going over a 50-game stretch, 43-7. and This is no doubt a dominant team, and you got so many guys that are able to take you deep as right now you've got Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger, throwing there Joey Gallo, Will Smith, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman. They've all been able to crank out between 15 and 19 home runs, and then that's not even to mention Mookie Betts' effect that he's got north of 30 home runs at the leadoff spot. But with the San Diego Padres, I do think that Hugh Darvish is starting to tame down his Roman road splits. Now, since you want to come into San Diego, the ERA of Hugh Darvish has been over two points lower when he has been at home rather than on the road. But for Darvish, he's been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to keep the deep ball down. He's been able to get a little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings. And for Dustin May, he's had two relatively good starts. And if you take a look at his minor league rehab before you want to making his First two starts of the season, he was getting like 13 strikeouts per nine innings at the AAA level, so that's relatively impressive, but I do think that in a little bit of a step-up game, this is where you do want to be fading Dustin May because he's given up two runs over the course of 11 innings, but I was joking about how deplorably bad the Miami Marlins have been ever since like the All-Star break. Well, the two starts came against the deplorably bad Marlins offense, so that is something that needs to be factored in in the circumstance, and when it comes to San Diego Padres, I mentioned the home and road splits that you wind up seeing with the Arizona Diamondbacks in terms of their offense. You want to be taking a look at them when it comes to the San Diego Padres team because they're cranking out right around 4.7, 4.8 runs per game on the road. This has been a very solid offense in which you've got a trio of guys with at least 22 home runs. Brandon Drury, Juan Soto, and Manny Machado, and they've been able to hit very well on the road. At home, their numbers wind up getting getting just brought down a little bit because they're out there in Petco Park, so... That does wind up being a little bit of a factor. Now with the LA Dodgers, they've got the top bullpen ERA in the National League, but they've got one weakness. His name is Craig Kimbrell, and you want absolutely no part of him whatsoever, and he's typically the guy that winds coming in in the ninth inning. Meanwhile, for the San Diego Padres, they've got a bullpen issue themselves, and their bullpen issue is named Josh Hader, whose ERA since he's come over to the San Diego Padres is literally higher than the current year of 2022. So that's not great, but I don't think that the Padres are going to be going to him. Nick Martinez has been able to form himself in that bullpen. I think that this summer has gotten up a little bit too high. I think that Darvish is improving on the road. Meanwhile, Dustin May did a little bit of step-up game. I do not trust him as this big of a favorite. I'm willing to ride with the San Diego Padres in this spot, and I do think that both offenses are going to ignite. So looking at the over end, coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at a little bit of football as Dan Titus, Mackenzie Kramer, they're going to be joining me right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Pocket Cash with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions. For a shot at a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes, head on over to DraftKings.com slash Levi's now to get in on the action. Levi's, buy better, wear longer. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions, they do apply to DraftKings.com for details. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. And hey, I am no longer alone on the desk. Mackenzie Kramer, he does a great job as a researcher over there at ESPN, does a lot with their show, The Daily Wager. He is joining me right now, and then we're being joined by NFL analysts as well. Dan Titus says, we've got a little three-way action here tonight. Great to have you both aboard. And Dan, we're going to start here with you because what I'm noticing in terms of NFL Week 1, whole lot of underdogs right now, as we've got, as a matter of fact, I believe 10 home underdogs as things sit on the board. And my question to you with regards to home underdogs is, I know that there's a lot of people that they like to get behind them. Week number one, is there one home underdog that is standing out to you that there is no way humanly possible you'd want a piece of them? Oh, man, that is such a tough question. And, you know, the home dogs, you know, I, I totally agree with the angle of it because um, very seldom do you see these teams coming in off their preseason at home, uh, not being favored here. But, you know, the first one that kind of stands out to me is the Rams. I think that there's some disrespect there. Um, them at two and a half point uh, dogs to the Buffalo Bills. Now, uh, the Buffalo Bills, obviously, you know, coming off a very difficult loss in the playoffs there, but the Rams are the champs, and I think there should be some respect there. So I was kind of surprised to see that opening line. But uh, the the one that I'm most surprised about really is the Dallas Cowboys and the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For how the the Dallas Cowboys right now coming into this season haven't really drawn a ton of hype. Yeah, they're still the favorites to win the division in the uh, NFC East, but I'm really concerned about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their offensive line here. Tom Brady's been away for the team for personal reasons. He's now back into the fold, but you know you can't deny the, the injuries to Ryan Jensen and and a few other players to their offensive line. This could be tough sledding for them in the opening uh, in the opening week. But fortunately, they're in a good division, so they can make up the slack. But I'm going to be back in the Dallas Cowboys here at home um, to start out the season. And as we remember that Week One game last season, it was a game in which the Dallas Cowboys. They very nearly pulled it off in Tampa Bay. And yeah. Mackenzie, I'll pose this one to you. In terms of the home underdogs, where have you been really pointing your attention to on these? Because you've got some like the Dallas Cowboys that are only about a point and a half or so underdog. Depending upon where you look, you might find a, finding a few twos out there, but relatively small number. And then we've got a few like the Chicago Bears, which one of the most popular season win total bets has been the Chicago Bears under their season win totals, which... 
I don't know about you, but I cannot get behind the Chicago Bears at this point. I mean, I have some Bears that uh, have the worst record in the NFL, perhaps. That's kind of why, the way I play the Bears. <laughs> They're probably the, uh, maybe the ugliest home dog on the board for oh. me right now. Them in Seattle. Um, it's really hard to know what to expect from the Seattle team without Russell Wilson. But for me, with week one, I like to look at underdogs. I mean, you mentioned we have 10 home dogs. That's, or that's the most we've had in a single uh, week one in the Super Bowl era, according to our database. We have a lot of trends at our ESPN chalk column that I write throughout the season. But... Dogs during week one, they're 53% against the spread last 20 years. And divisional home dogs, 63%. So I like to look for these divisional home dogs that are kind of getting disrespected. And two that I like that are really, really ugly are the Texans getting over a touchdown against the Colts. I think that's just a little bit too much disrespect. That's a, that, I don't know if we know just how bad this Texans team is going to be in week one. They were frisky last year in week one, beating the Jaguars outright as dogs. I mean, granted, we didn't know the Jaguars are as big a train wreck as they ended up being. But um, and the other one, another another really bad team on paper is Atlanta, just because I'm not sure what to think of this New Orleans team. I think the Saints have a pretty high ceiling this year. I like I like Jameis Winston. Their receiving core has definitely taken a big step forward. But do we know really what they are with Dennis Allen? That's a lot of respect for the Saints team on the road, laying laying five points with the Falcons. And they just lost Trevor Penning. He's going to be in this first couple of games. That's one of the areas you want that the Saints are really good at is in the trenches. And they have a couple question marks up there. There's just a lot of question marks in the Saints for me to really back them laying five. I'm hoping that closer to game day we can get six, six and a half, maybe even seven. That's why I'm kind of waiting on some of these teams because nobody's rushing to the window about the Falcons. But come, come Sunday of week one, I'll be on Atlanta. And I'll pose this to you as well, because you bring up quite a few games in which they are involving a little bit of a bigger spread. Would you perhaps be willing to tease some of these dogs as well? Like something like the Houston Texans, you wind up having them at eight right now. You can maybe get them up north of two touchdowns because I know that that's sort of like a wrong way teaser of being able to do it. But sometimes I do think that those can provide a little bit of value. Obviously, the trendy plays are going to be bringing down the Colts through the seven and the three. That's a little bit more of your traditional teaser. But are there any circumstances where you might want to wind up, you might wind up actually teasing up some of these underdogs? I'm not normally a week one teaser guy in general, just because, like I said before, there's a lot of variance in week one. We don't know as much about these teams. I like to bet uh, the teasers kind of when we know a little bit more of these teams. And and But the games that I would consider, it, if the Miami-New England spread, if that's two and a half, I could definitely see teasing New England up to eight and a half. That's a relatively low total. I think that's going to be a close divisional game. Minnesota could be an interesting team to tease up to get over the seven. I kind of like them getting one and a half, but I really like them get, getting seven and a half. But I don't know if I can really – I don't I really want to get into too invested in the teasers in week one. Yep, I don't blame you there. And, Dan, when it comes to week one as well, we've been talking a lot about the underdogs, but has there any there been anything that has really stood out in terms of a little bit more of a totals perspective? Because with regards to NFL week one, we always love to give a lot of credit to the sides. We always like to take a look at something like you were mentioning a little bit earlier, the Rams going from about a one or so point favorite now being about a two and a half point underdog. But have there been any totals that have really been standing out to you? Yeah, I'm eyeing the Titans and Giants game. Uh, that total currently sits at 43 and a half. And I think that's a little bit too high. Um, you know, the Titans are a team that I'm really fading this year. Um, when we get to it later on, um, I'm definitely making them uh, one of the candidates to miss the playoffs this year. But, you know, this Titans team allowed 17 points per game at home last season, which ranked third best in the NFL. Um, now, Daniel Jones is always good against the spread. That's that's pretty much where he makes his money. But, you know, I think both these teams are really going to struggle to put points on the board early in the season with unproven offenses. You know, Brian Dable comes over from the, the Buffalo Bills. They'll certainly make an impact in time, but I don't know that I can trust their offense just yet, mainly because, you know, what are we getting out of this wide receiver room? Kadarius Toney is already hurt. Maybe that's just precautionary. Kenny Galladay has been probably one of the, probably the worst contract um, signed recently. And, um, you know, Wondell Robinson is a rookie here, so it's going to be all in the strength of Saquon Barkley. And, uh, you know, this, this Titans offense is pretty middle of the pack. Um, they only scored 24.6 or averaged 24.6 points per game last year. And they've lost a ton of talent. Derrick Henry is another year older. This offensive line uh, did not do much to improve there. Ryan Tannehill took a step back last year. And you lose A.J. Brown. So I just don't see this really being an offensive-friendly game uh, where they're going to eclipse 43.5 points. I mean, the Giants only averaged 15.2 last year. So um, I think both of these teams are really going to struggle to, put, to, to score here. So I, I love this under. Yep, and you know that with the Titans having King Henry back in the fold, they're going to look to establish a run early and often in this one as well. And Mackenzie, when it comes to being able to gauge week one totals, how do you wind up playing these a little bit more? Just because 
When it comes to week one of any season, typically I like to default a little bit more towards the unders just because typically when it comes to baseball, the pitchers are out ahead of the batters a little bit more. When it comes to the NFL, you've got a lot of moving pieces that are trying to mesh together. Have you found anything in terms of your research that points to anything in terms of over slash unders early on in the season being relatively solid? Well, I think that I really like Dan's pick of the Giants-Titans under. I mean, to, cause, Me too. I mean, one thing that I like to target with early season is is injuries because especially in, in the preseason, we don't, you know, you hear about these injuries, but you don't really know exactly how long these guys are going to be out. But with both of those teams, the Giants with, with uh, t- Tony's already hurt, Galladay's been struggling, Robinson, I don't know if I really trust a 5'8 second-round pick to be the number one weapon early in the year. And with the Titans, like Traylon Burks, he's, he was the guy they traded to get a, to get rid of A.J. Brown to replace him. And in training camp, he's he's been banged up all training camp. It seems like he's in Mike Vrabel's doghouse. I like him a lot long-term for fantasy, but I keep drafting him in fantasy. But <laughs> early in the season, I'm not sure how much we can get out of Traylon Burks. So... I look. I like to look for teams that are banged up. I already mentioned the Trevor Penning injury, things like that that you hear from training camp that you don't know quite know how serious they are. But the closer you get to week one, you start to get more firm ideas of what exactly these injuries are. And I love that you bring up fantasy because in part two of our chat, we're going to be hitting upon that a little bit more. But Dan, I know that you've got one pick that you also like for week one as well. Take me through Commanders versus Jaguars. Jaguars are finding themselves as a three-point underdog. And I don't know about you, but... Carson Wentz did not wind up working out in Indianapolis. The reason why he's currently in Washington is because the Jaguars wound up housing him. I think that this is a very interesting spot, and I want nothing to do with Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah, I don't want anything to do with Carson Wentz. I think everyone at the Action Network wants nothing to do with <laughs> Carson Wentz. Um, this is really a spot where I think Doug Peterson is going to get up and really prove um, how good of a coach that he is. Now, he's very familiar with Carson Wentz as formerly being his uh, offensive coordinator and head coach. Um, but this is really the spot where I think that the commanders are really going to really going to see them falter because they're not going to have Chase Young. He is their prize edge rusher. He's going to be missing the first four weeks of the season. And I think this Jags team, people are sleeping on them a lot They're I think that they're going to go over their win total of six and a half wins. I think there's a case to be made that they could take the AFC South because I'm expecting uh, the Titans to take that back seat. Um, but this is really on the strength of their, their team. I think You know, having Doug Peterson as a head coach to get a spread offense in there with Trevor Lawrence, this is going to be a vast improvement from what you saw with with, uh, um, Urban Meyer last year. Yep, and I'll be honest here. I don't think you can take much of a step back when you wind up getting rid of Urban Meyer as well. But we're going to be taking a look forward next as to a little bit more of the fantasy side of things right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make game day more chill with some extra cash. Play for free during the college football season with the Coors Light College Football Pick'em. Join 15 free-to-play pools for your shot at $5,000 in weekly cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Coors Light Pick'em now to get on on the action. Coors Light, perfect shot of refreshment, 21 years or older in terms of conditions and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, please do drink responsibly as we are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Mackenzie Kramer does a great job over there at ESPN. He is joining me on the desk, and Dan Titus does a great job being able to follow the game of football. He is joining us via Skype, and gentlemen, we talked a lot about week one in the previous segment. Now let's take a look forward at some fantasy, and Mackenzie, I know that you want to leading off with a name that you're relatively high on in Traylon Burks, the rookie over there at with the Tennessee Titans, but take me through him and then maybe uh, another sleeper or two that you're feeling bullish on for this upcoming season. I mean, personally, I always just like to target the rookie receivers and the rookie running backs, especially the receivers this year, just because we've seen so many rookie receivers break out. Uh, I mean, there's a very high risk tolerance for these guys, but a lot of them are going pretty late. Like Traylon Burks, his ADP keeps dropping like a rock just because he hasn't been playing well in training camp and been kind of in Vrabel's doghouse. But in the second half of the year, he's got a ton of upside. I mean, what when the when after right after the NFL draft he was one of the favorites to be rookie of the year and now that's completely been flipped on his head I saw today Damian Pierce and George Pickens were the second favorites to win rookie of the year and 
you know, I have Damian Pierce at 50 to one that I, and I think I have Pickens around 40 or 50 to one too. Like those odds have completely changed. So, but I like targeting the receiver. Sky Moore is another one of the chiefs who, again, he's probably going to get an injury to really, to really break out. But those are some of my favorite receiver targets. And uh, I think my favorite sleeper tight end we talked about a little bit during the break is uh, David Njoku. Physical freak. Uh, yes, he's a six-year player. You don't normally get the six-year breakout, but tight ends can take a lot of time to develop. Early in the year, you have Jacoby Brissett, who throws a lot to tight ends. And late in the year, Deshaun Watson, if he takes over, assuming that, that he's able to play, we know what his upside is in terms of just overall production. The Browns have a wide open receiving core where they, where they have a lot of targets available. Mari Cooper, the number one. I kind of like David Bell as another rookie receiver as the two, but he's probably going undrafted in most leagues. But Njoku is a tight end two or, you know, a guy you can get at the very, very end of your draft. I think he can be starter worthy this year. And I think that the Browns are a really interesting team in general. And Dan, I don't know if you have a ton on them, but with that said, I do take a look at this Browns team and when it winds up being a push-come-to-shove situation in the playoffs, as we know Deshaun Watson, he's going to be coming back into the fold. And with the Browns, Jacoby Brissett, he is not Deshaun Watson. No fans or buts about it, but a competent quarterback. Is there maybe a little bit of value on some of these wide receivers slash tight ends of the Browns? Yeah, I'm in agreement with McKenzie here. I'm eyeing David Njoku. In fantasy drafts, if you don't land one of those top 10 uh, tight ends, I think this guy is the one that's going to present the most upside if you go back to his history, I mean, in 2018, he finished his tight end nine. The Browns obviously committed to him. They let Austin Hooper walk in free agency and signed him up for a $56 million deal. So in 2019, if you go back to, J- to Jacoby Brissett's time with the Colts, um, he targeted the tight end position 29% of his passes at that time. And then if you look across his four starts in Miami, Mike Kosicki was getting 7.8 targets per game. So in my opinion, I think that Njoku might be one of the top target leaders on this Browns team um, because Amari Cooper, he doesn't always, I think he's under a, around a 22% target share um, across his career. So I think Njoku is going to be one of the top uh, premier target machines that they're going to have. And especially around the red zone, he's going to be extremely valuable for Jacoby Brissett. It's going to be interesting to take a look at the tight end spot in general when it comes to fantasy. And Dan, I know that you like a little bit of a rookie running back as well. It was interesting to see the Las Vegas Raiders usage of running backs during the preseason as I think that there's a certain guy by the last name of Jacobs that wound up falling a little bit out of favor and you like someone else when it comes to this Raiders running back core talk to me about Zamir White yeah I've been picking up Zamir White wherever I can you know I'm talking you know anywhere from the round 15 or around 14 to round 15 um, and it's really just a fade to Josh Jacobs this team did not commit to him he they declined his fifth year option and I think you saw his, his workload decreasing as time progressed um, throughout the season. And um, they re-signed, uh, they signed Amir Abdullah, excuse me, um, only just signaling that they don't believe in Josh Jacobs. Josh McDaniels comes from the Bill Belichick um, strategy of deploying running backs by committee. And I can't deny, you know, White has a knack for finding the end zone. In his sophomore and junior seasons at Georgia, he, he amassed 11 touchdowns. So... I think there's a chance we're going to see some regression in Josh Jacobs and potentially see him replaced by midseason if uh, his fumble his fumbleitis kind of continues here. So I think there's extremely good value in picking up Zamir White in all leagues. And McKenzie, what I think is also very interesting is we're talking about Zamir White, but I think the Raiders in general provide a lot of fantasy value because with Derek Carr, he did a tremendous job for the team last year. Now he winds up teaming up with Devontae Adams as well. And Walt Adams, no question about it. He's going to be just terrorizing secondaries this season. I do think that there's a lot of value in general on this Raiders team because they play in such a difficult division. And if you think that the Raiders are going to be down in a lot of games, guess what that means? They're going to need to put up a whole bunch of yardage and they're going to need to score a whole bunch of times to try to win these games. Absolutely. No, I really like the Zamir White call at all. They've, they've shown that they weren't, aren't that committed to Josh Jacobs. He played the first preseason game when they rested all their starters and Zamir White looked very good. I mean, since then, Jacobs has been treated like the starter, but clearly they're not married to him. And Zamir White is a guy that this that this new regime spent a lot of draft capital in. But I kind of like a couple of the other Raiders. I think Devontae Adams is a top eight, top nine pick in most drafts, which is probably higher than most people because I tend to go more zero uh, zero running back in drafts. So I like to get these marquee receivers. And I think there's kind of a teardrop after C.D. Lamb. And I like Devontae in that first, second tier. And Darren Waller is a tight end that I've been getting a lot. He's been dropping a little bit in drafts recently just because he hasn't really been practicing all year due to a quote-unquote hamstring injury, which I think is more of a him holding out for a, a new contract. He just fired his agents and, repl- and uh, got new ones. So, But 
I think this is a very consolidated top target tree with Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, and Darren Waller. I'm not totally so... I mean, Renfro is a fine pick where he's going. I usually am going other receivers there because I'm not sure Renfro has that upside to be a top 10 receiver. I think he's got a very solid floor. I think he's going to be a good, you know, low-end receiver two, high-end receiver three for you. But I think Adams and Waller are the two guys I'm targeting more and Zamir White late as a sleeper running back. And I think that it's interesting that you want to mention the fact that you do wind up not sticking in as much capital when it comes to running backs. And Dan, I want to kick this to you. For anyone that's going to be doing a fantasy draft within the next seven days, how do you wind up just drafting running backs in general? Because there are some that say you want to pick as many running backs early as humanly possible. And then there are others that they take the exact opposite approach. And I feel like it's becoming a little bit more of a 50-50 split in recent years. Yeah, I think you're starting to see some trepidation around um, picking a running back early. I mean, look at Derrick Henry. Uh, more often than not, the top running backs that are selected don't finish anywhere near their their previous year. So um, I'm of the opinion, uh, similar to McKenzie, I love stacking these wide receivers and and kind of abandoning and waiting for those uh, those RB2 tiers. Um, some will call it the frozen pond. I love A.J. Dillon this year. I think Tony Pollard and Kareem Hunt are all could have standalone value. Um, so you can really load up on your wide receivers and and get a lot of value there while people are reaching for, you know, um, the Nick Chubbs of the world. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm really I'm really into for most of my leagues, I'm, I'm going very wide receiver heavy and then uh, waiting for for the running backs. Yep, it certainly has been interesting to see that little bit of a shift in things. And I know that you're taking a look at, ironically enough, a wide receiver that you might wind up sacking up as well. We're talking a lot about the AFC West and how we're going to see a whole bunch of points in this division. And I know one of the guys that you're looking at as a little bit of a sleeper, that'd be Joshua Palmer. He's over there with the Chargers. Talk to me about him and just the Chargers as a whole, because I do think that there could be some opportunities for him. Absolutely. I think this team is going to take the next step in the division. Uh, The Chiefs have dominated this division for the last six years, but I think that time is finally up. But I'm really excited about Josh Palmer. This guy brings over third-round draft capital last season. And if you look at his numbers, his separation skills, according to Fantasy Pros, 71st percentile, which equates to Keenan Allen, and 92nd percentile in single coverage. So this guy has the skills if he gets open. Now, the one thing I really love about the Chargers offense is that it's so explosive. They invested in their in their offensive line. But Mike Williams, this guy gets hurt every single year. So if there's any injury to him or Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer to the moon. And I I think that there's going to be a really good opportunity for him to get uh, seasonal value this year at some point. Um, he could become one of those wide receiver three flex options for you by midseason. And uh, he's already seen reps in 11 personnel sets, so you love to see that. Um, I think it's only going to be skies, it's only going to be up for him uh, this season in year two. And McKenzie, when it comes to other sleepers that you're taking a look at in terms of fantasy, or it also could be relating this to sort of the betting market as well, a player that you like slash dislike in terms of their season-long just props in general. Is there anyone else that's really standing out for you? And with season-long props, I'm more of an unders better, so I don't know the right kind of bet. Yeah, because if you wind up having a guy wind up getting hurt, it makes it very difficult for that over. You got a nice little free roll there because to me, when it comes to season-long props, you're betting an over, you're kind of betting on a parlor. You're betting on, is this guy going to stay healthy? Is this guy going to play the role that I expect? Is everything going to work out the way I think to? Whereas if you're betting an under with most players, you only really need one thing to go wrong significantly, and then you can maybe hit that bet. But when we are talking to sleepers, I feel like Dan's looking at my notes because Josh Palmer was literally <laughs> the first guy I'd written down, like the receiver three in offense that'll play a lot of 11 personnel. Jalen Guyton played a lot of the receiver three snaps last year, and I think that Palmer's going to take that role. Donald Parham's already hurt, so they're going to make, they're likely going to play more three receivers. I like getting four of receivers and running backs attached to great offenses, and Josh Palmer's that guy. I love it. And a big thank you to both Dan Titus along with Mackenzie Kramer for joining me in a little bit of an NFL roundtable coming up next. Taking a look at the baseball slate for Friday right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is football season, and betters know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VEASAN, and now is the time to become a VEASAN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro guides. Only VEASAN gives you all the tools to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles on every single team with advanced stats, power rankings, plus you get best bets on season win totals, division finishes, player awards, and much more. Sign up early for a discounted rate of $175. You'll get both guides plus full access to VEASAN all the way through the Super Bowl or join us for just $40 a month and see everything that VEASAN has to offer to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become a part of the Sports Betting Network, guys. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and great to have on our two guests in the last two segments talking a little bit of NFL as we were joined by Dan Titus, does a great job analyzing the game of football, and then Mackenzie Kramer, researcher over there at ESPN. Both of those guys lended some great quality information and a little bit of pro tip on it coming out there. We do these for every single show, so you're going to get 20 of these a day. You wind up getting it by going VEASAN Pro. You're able to do that at VEASAN.com slash subscribe, and you're able to sort them by show and by sport. But a great nugget there from our good friend Mackenzie Kramer. In week one of the NFL season, home under, or not home underdogs, but divisional underdogs, when it comes to these games over the last 20 seasons now, this is week one and week one only, hitting at a 63% rate. So it is very interesting to take a look at. It's 63% on these home divisional underdogs. So home divisional underdogs, 63%. So they have been hitting like wildfire, and hopefully we can hit like wildfire on Friday as well because we do have a loaded slate of baseball to take a look at wound up letting my DK Nation pick a little bit earlier in the hour. And if you want to missing that right around this time next hour, we're going to have you guys covered there. And there are a few games that they strangely didn't wind up having numbers up for quite a while. If you're looking at the top of the board, things like the Miami Marlins and the Atlanta Braves, they wound up not necessarily having a lot of numbers up early. We're starting to see those populate right now. So we will hopefully get a few numbers by the end of the show. But how about if we wind up going with a fade to start out with and those of you guys that know me know exactly where we are going on this one. 9-17, on the betting board. The Texas Rangers visit Boston to face off against the Red Sox. Nick Pavetta is going to be getting the start for Boston, and Dallas Keuchel winds up getting the start for the Texas Rangers as the Rangers are finding themselves anywhere between a not-so-big plus-155 to plus-160 underdog. You should be getting much more on Dallas Keuchel. Meanwhile... 
anywhere between minus 170 to minus 180 is your number on the Boston Red Sox. Total on this game is 10. Typically, when I wind up taking a look at one of these underdogs, and even for the guys I really dog, I can find like one or two redeeming qualities for them and being like, okay, this is why this guy isn't such a big underdog. And with Dallas Keuchel, the only reasonable argument that you can make is that he wound up winning a Cy Young Award back in 2017, I believe it was. 2015, actually. So you have to go even further back. So this guy has been relevant in a long time. But right now, for Dallas Keuchel, he's given up, and I'm not even kidding here, 18.6 hits per nine innings. 18.6. That means that teams are averaging over two hits per inning off of him. He's giving up. Only about right around like like 1.7 walks per nine innings while he's been with the Texas Rangers. But with the Rangers, he's giving up 18.6 per per nine innings. He's been allowing five walks per nine innings in his entire tenure. He's getting five strikeouts per nine innings. His strikeouts and his walks are darn near equal for the entirety of the season. And just what really boggles the mind with Dallas Keuchel is that we have found three separate teams that have been willing to give this man starts. It wound up being the Chicago White Sox at first, then it was the Arizona Diamondbacks, now it's the Texas Rangers. I think that everyone that is scouting for any of these three teams need to be canned right now because Dallas Keuchel has literally been that bad. I just do not know how he's getting a start right now, but he is. He's going up against the Boston Red Sox team, which you've got guys that are able to get on base. Alex Verdugo, Rafael Devers, Sandro Borgards, these guys are in a 280 or greater. You've been able to have Christian Arroyo be able to do a solid job for the team as well. Now with the Boston Red Sox, don't have a lot of guys that have been able to necessarily go deep for the team this season as they've been having really Rafael Devers with his 25 or so home runs be the main headliner for the team. But now they wind up getting back Trevor Story as well. Trevor Story has been able to do a relatively solid job when he's been out there as wound up missing about a month or so due to injury. So now with him being back in the fold, that is relatively solid. But I mean, this is a guy in Dallas Keuchel that has made two starts against the Boston Red Sox thus far this season. In those two starts, he won eight innings. Guess how many runs he wanted giving up? Eight. So not great there. Meanwhile, for Nick Pavetta, has been a situation where over the last two years, he's got an ERA on the road that's right around a point lower than it is at home. He has had his struggles at Fenway. And for Nick Pavetta, posting up right around 440 ERA, able to do a solid job being able to get right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings the walks per nine rate hovering right around about three and he has been giving up a little bit of hard contact of his own i do like this total over because with texas you got a lot of guys that will be able to go deep for this team as nate low adelise garcia marcus simeon Corey seager they've all been able to give you at least 20 home runs this season with seager being the main headliner he's got over 25 home runs for this bunch and most of these guys hanging 255 or greater you've got garcia along with Corey seager both in that fold and then Top of that, you've got Nate Lowe hitting right around at 300. Laoti Tavares has been able to do a solid job of being able to move the line. So both of these offenses, they do have quite a bit of talent. And when it comes to the Texas Rangers, bullpen has been a little bit of a nightmare for them. It's not as bad as the Boston Red Sox. So I'll get to that in a minute. But Dennis Santana, he's posting up north of a five-year-old. Garrett Richards, who is a former Boston Red Sox, he was just getting completely lit up before I believe they wanted putting him on the injured list. They might have just wanted DFAing him, but... I mean, he's not going to be in the fold for this game. You do have Matt Moore and Brock Burke who have been able to do a relatively solid job, but Josh Saboris has not necessarily been great for this bullpen either. But for the Boston Red Sox, they've got north of a six bullpen ERA since the All-Star break. That is by far the highest mark in the big leagues in that time span. You've got so many guys like a Matt Barnes, Jersich Familia. It was a case in which Ryan Brazier had north of a five ERA for the team as well, but Ryan Brazier is not currently on the active roster. Darwin's and Hernandez was so bad that when he was with them, they, he was posting up a 22 ERA. Caleb Ward has been posting up right around 9 ERA. Now, just have no pieces whatsoever that you're able to trust in for the Boston Red Sox bullpen, really outside of Garrett Woodlock. You've had John Schreiber be able to give you some relatively solid innings, but he's been starting to regress a little bit as well. So I think that this is going to be a very offense-oriented game. And there's a spot in which it's the highest total on the board at a 10, and I don't necessarily think that it's high enough at a 10 and a half, that's when I would start to take a look under. But here at a 10, I'm going to take a shot on the over. And I felt like the Boston Red Sox deserved to be north of a $2 favorite. There's just no trusting in Dallas Keiko whatsoever until he shows literally any sign of life. And with an ERA north of eight, he has not been doing much of that this season. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Red Sox on the run line. And if you're taking a look at the run line right now, you're able to get plus money with 
it being a home team with the Boston Red Sox, you do wind up rolling the dice a little bit more on these run lines, but you know what the good elixir to that? One of the worst pitchers that we have seen in quite a while taking the mound for the Texas Rangers. This has been a historically bad season. I think that it continues. I'm going to be taking a look at this little over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the run line with the Boston Red Sox. How about if we look at a little bit of a better pitching matchup? As we go 919-920, the Cleveland Guardians are going to be playing against the Seattle Mariners with Luis Castillo going for the Mariners and Zach Plesak on the bump for Cleveland. Cleveland, anywhere between about a plus 125 to a plus 130 underdog. Between minus 140 and minus 145, your number on Seattle with a total of 7.5. A little bit of juice on the under, and I do agree with this total being this low. I set it at a 7.3. Luis Castillo has been able to do absolutely amazing work with the Seattle Mariners team. He's been posting up a sub-3 ERA ever since he got traded over to Seattle. And between his time with the Cincinnati Reds, along with the Seattle Mariners, less than a home run given up per nine innings. Strikeout numbers have been a tad down this year, but he's also been able to do a better job of not giving out as many walks. And I mentioned how bad the Boston Red Sox bullpen has been ever since the All-Star break, but... How about if we take a look at a good bullpen? That'd be the Seattle Mariners. Ever since the beginning of the month of June, they are number one in terms of bullpen ERA. You wound up having Diego Castillo, Andres Munoz have really bad like six or so weeks to begin the season. Then ever since then, they have been absolutely dynamic for the team as Eric Swanson, Paul Seawald, Penn Murphy, these guys are posting up sub three ERAs as well. And for the Cleveland Guardians, Emmanuel Classe, there's a case to be made that he might be the best closer in baseball right now. He and Edwin Diaz have been absolutely amazing this season. Trevor Steven, Nick Sandlin, they're good bridge guys. They're posting up sub-3 ERAs as well for the Cleveland Guardians. So reason why I can't take a look at this plus price, they have been able to hit 101 home runs overall this season. Just 37 of them have wound up coming at home. Jose Ramirez, he's been able to give you 26 home runs. I just really fear that they don't wind up having enough pop in the bat to be able to weren't taking a money line on them, even at a little bit of plus price, especially with Zach Plesak taking them on with Plesak. Has been a circumstance in which he has been giving up right around two and a half walks per nine innings, but very much a pitcher contact guy. He's been giving the team right around about a four-ish ERA. He's been a little bit better at home, but I do have my trepidations there. I do think that the Seattle Mariners do offer some good value with their bullpen, and I do think that both of these teams are going to do a great job pitching as the Seattle Mariners themselves towards the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of home runs per game. So looking at the under in this spot and in hour number three, going to give you a little bit more on the Friday MLB card along with some UFC right here on VEASAN, Esports Bank Network. What's the guarantee? What's the guarantee? Hey, Derek! What's the guarantee? The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back. With 12 million in guaranteed prizes. There's two ways to win. There's two ways to win. There's two ways to win. There's two ways. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.